With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, coming at you live on a, I keep thinking it's like Thursday, but I believe this is actually just like a Tuesday evening. So, today we're going to be breaking down all of the quarterback carousel going on with free agency. We didn't get to the Stefan Diggs trade last night before we recorded the show, so we'll hit on that a little bit later on. Um, We've got a lot of NFL to talk about, I'm not going to lie to you. Plus, wash your hands, people. I have washed my hands so many times, I have lost my very, very smooth skin. My wife commented on it, and no longer can I be my, at least I will never be able to achieve my goal of being David Duchovny in Zoolander. So uh, maybe George Costanza, he's still out there with the smooth hands. He can be a hand model. No more for Pat Mayo. Keep washing your hands up. Smash the like button and leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section and tell me who you think is going to be the starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers. In week one of the 2021 or 2021 or whatever the hell it is, the next week one that we get, whoever's going to be the quarterback, boom, you're in a draw for 20 DraftKings dollars. You want to get into a draw for 100 DraftKings dollars? Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave a five-star review. DraftKings handle something you like about this show, and you'll be in that draw for 100 DraftKings dollars. Can't hurt to tell a friend either. We're doing shows. I mean, we're doing a lot of NFL right now because of all the NFL free agency, but we got movie brackets. Cage Warriors. Yeah, UFC canceled. Cage Warriors, not. Found out what that was today, but Cody Safik actually knows a lot about it, so something to bet on. We're going to be doing a show on it, so tune in for that if you, if you want to get some action in on the weekend for this thing going on in Manchester, England. Cody will have the goods for you, along with Paul Shag, all here on the Pat Mayo Experience, plus some more challenge stuff. If you want to play in the Challenge Fantasy League, hit the description of this show, and you will find the link to join the free fantasy league for the challenge starts on april 1st and then of course because we need the content folks the custy awards are still open to be voted for i will add that to the description of this video and podcast after we finish the show and you should all go vote in the custy awards all right enough of that jeff feinberg is not in studio but he is on the line tough day for you sir i feel like you ran the gambit of emotions here I don't know where we're, we're getting uh, that. I'm quite pleased. Perfectly. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, you're pleased now because you know what? You, I feel like you've lost objectivity on it. We need to bring in the third member of the show. He is a doctor from the same alma mater as Dr. Pepper. It is Tim Andacust. Tim Andacust. <laughs> Tim Andacust. 
that's not my name. I do appreciate the 23 unique flavors, though, I have to say. So, can Tim, can you explain to Jeff why we feel like he's gone through a roller coaster of emotions today, please? This is my impression, and Jeff can correct me if I'm wrong, and I may be. He went from really not wanting Tom Brady anywhere near the team to when the reports came that, well, maybe he might come. Jeff began to explain why Tom Brady wouldn't be the worst person to have. And I understand this mindset because I, too, play this sort of game when I have to, like, begin to imagine what it would be like to have somebody I initially didn't want. And then as the reports came out, he wasn't going to, to come to the Chargers. Jeff was back to being happy that he wasn't there. That's how I interpreted it. But now Jeff will tell me why I'm wrong. I read it that no, way. No, I Jeff. think that is, I think that makes total sense. I think that makes total sense. But in the end, like from moment number one, I didn't want to give a 43-year-old two years and, and $60 million. I didn't think that made any sense. I'm, I'm so crazy that I'm actually, I don't even think he's better than Winston as it pertains to 2020 football. I don't. I'm not going to completely disagree with you on that, but like if you had the choice, let's say you're the Bucks, because I mean, that's the news that we're seeing. It's not official as of yet, but that's but being wildly reported and speculated that Tom Brady is going to sign a two-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers worth $60 million. Good for the Bucks. But if you're the Buccaneers and you sign 43-year-old Brady, now maybe this is blasphemy, but wouldn't you just be better off signing like Teddy Bridgewater for less money? Probably. I mean, don't they have a worse offensive line by some metrics than the Chargers? I mean, they, and have, they, a, have, they, they have a worse offensive line than a lot of teams just by me watching their offensive line. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, good for them. I, I guess I, I'm amazed that I don't know. NFL coaches must hate Winston so much and I can kind of understand it but he has put an MVP ceiling on tape. There are a lot of bad quarterbacks that can take a lot of snaps in this league. They're average at best. They don't show you an MVP ceiling. I believe Winston has that. I don't think Anthony Lynn and the Chargers have the stomach for Jameis Winston, unfortunately. Uh, I would feel like Rivers' interceptions last year sort of prepared me for it, but I would love to be the team that's going to get Jameis Winston on the cheap and approve it deal while every quarterback's getting $30 million. Jameis Winston. I don't know. Tim picked him to win MVP last year and Phillip Rivers, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just a fantasy guy in me. Granted, I do like to see real football sometimes. I'm a full-on Winston believer. I am. And I don't mean to get off topic, but to your point, Pat, yeah. I don't know. Bridgewater might be just a younger version of Brady. I didn't want Bridgewater. I made that perfectly clear. And part of my turn coding today was that I was scared that Bridgewater was going to get a long-term deal from the Chargers. And part of me was like, well, I'd rather Brady for two years than any sort of commitment to Bridgewater. I, because I, I, I need to have a quarterback who doesn't throw the ball downfield. That's a zero starter for me. Uh, I mean, it's not that Bridgewater can't throw the ball downfield. It just doesn't seem like he was ever asked to throw the ball downfield. And they were winning games, so why would you do anything differently? I, okay, fine. I don't want to – I don't know. The numbers show it's like a Tyrod Taylor-esque inability to throw the ball downfield. So I'm a little worried about myself. 
All right, so Brady to the Bucks. Let's stick with that for a second, Tim. How gleeful are you that he's out of your division? <laughs> I said to somebody, just like there was a weight lifted off my shoulders today. The, the, the joy that the Munchkins must have felt when Dorothy's house fell on the Wicked Witch of the East must be what I am feeling now. That's how excited I am. <laughs> this guy's been tormenting me my entire life. And now he's out of my life. He's out of the conference. I won't have to worry about him until the Super Bowl. Like, this is the sort of thing that you just don't have to deal with anymore. Like, but I mean, like, I won't see him in the playoffs anymore. Like, uh, even though we were one and one all time against uh, the Patriots in the playoffs, I don't have to deal with him in the division. I don't have to think about him in the playoffs. He's out of my life. And the Patriots are now floundering about looking for a quarterback. They'll find some journeyman. They'll go like five and 11, six and 10. And then everybody who is, who's been a Patriot fan for the last eight years will have to find some new team that they pretend they've always loved their whole life. Tim, 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 so Tim, oh, Tim, stop it, Tim. Stop you, you it right stop now. This. You successfully picked them to win the Super Bowl. They got knocked out in the first round. You said that there was absolutely no chance that Brady would leave New England as of like two days ago. He leaves New England. Now you're saying they're going to go 5-11? and 11? Just, just don't say anything. Now they're going to go like 15-1. and one. Here's the whole thing, and I want to go back to Tampa. Jeff, let me ask you this. You bring in Andy Dalton into this exact same Patriots team from last year, which had amazing defense. Uh, they were able to run the ball a little bit. Like, they were good, and Brady wasn't very good. Like, at this point, isn't Andy Dalton better than Tom Brady? You're just trying to get me to say something like sound biteable. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm actually not. Like, if you take Tom Brady where he's at right now, and this isn't to besmirch Tom Brady. The guy's won fucking six Super Bowls. He was great. He's not great anymore. And if we did see a drop off from two years ago to the Super Bowl win to last year where he didn't look overly great, uh, and now we add on another year, the guy's 43 behind a bad offensive line. Yes, the receiving core is substantially upgraded, but instead of just having one Sony Michelle on their team, they have like eight of them now in the backfield. Peyton Barber is going to be averaging those slick half yards per carry. But if you put in Dalton, who is younger, who could feasibly be a game manager and you just plop him into New England, it feels like they would either be the same or potentially slightly better. Obviously, he wouldn't have the rapport with the receivers that Brady did or the knowledge of changing everything at the line. And maybe I'm underestimating how far that actually brought the Patriots last year. But from pure skills right now, I mean, I'll take the guy who's like a decade and a half younger. Yeah, but Dalton doesn't get every single call in every single circumstance the way that Tom Brady does. And I think, you know, that might sound snippy, but there's actually something to that, that Tom gets every little advantage and call. And so, no, Dalton will not be any better for the – I mean, the Patriots went to one playoff game in the wild card round and lost. I don't know. That sounds like Andy Dalton par excellence. I don't think the Patriots – like, there's this talk, like, there's no way they're tanking for Lawrence because – Getting the first overall pick involves so much more luck than like trying to get it. Like so much luck goes into that. So there's so many variables that I don't think Billichick's going to actively make an effort to that. I mean, like just look at the Dolphins as as an example, and then look at the Bengals, a team that we pretty much all thought would flirt with like I don't know six to eight wins. I mean, maybe if you thought they were going to be really bad, like four or five, but no one saw that coming. So it's so hard to predict it. And Bilicek, like just his scheme, they'll, they'll win enough games. They won't be involved in first overall. 
I really don't believe they'll be involved in first overall. I also like Dalton then a lot more than most people do. I feel like he has an unfair reputation. I'm curious to see where he'll get that shot. Yeah, me too. I, I think that I think he's one of the best 20 quarterbacks in the league. So that means he should be a starter somewhere. Like, But let's circle back to Tampa before we move on to New England and try to project out what they're doing. Let's talk about the stuff we actually know for the moment before we get into pure speculation. Because we did that last night on a show with Tim. Uh, Tim, if you remember, and I said that Diggs would go to Buffalo. And you said, no way is that going to happen. And then guess what? <laughs> but, and Paul was very happy about that. When we talked yeah, about that. I didn't that, realize that Buffalo was going to give away the farm for, for the receiver, that they were going to get swindled like that, I guess. Even you, you, you would have given you would have given your 11th overall pick for him. He said Tim said that on the show that he would yes. give. Yes, and we well, we gave him like a 23rd. Enough, anything that, it took to get Stefan Diggs. And, that would be less than what the Bills gave up. Yeah, I mean, this is what you do when you have a rookie quarterback who shows any sort of province and your team has province is you go for it because eventually you're going to have to pay him like $30 million a year. You're just jealous. You're just no, jealous, jealous, Tim. I never, you're I, seething. I, I never wanted him anyway, and I don't. All right. All right. You never still, wanted him You still anyway. out on the bills? Still out on them? I mean, yes, you didn't, you didn't want Diggs anyway, right? No. Oh, okay. Now it's Diggs. Diggs, many people have noticed that Diggs was furious at uh, Kirk Cousins couldn't hit him accurately. Now he's going to play with the least accurate quarterback in football. It's going to be like four games where he's just walking up and down the sideline, screaming and yelling and, and making a scene. No, no. The Buffalo Bills are in a, a very bad spot. I would would not want what is a very possible team right now. They're, I, they're done for. Them and the Patriots are done. Get rid of them. Goodbye. See ya. I, See I, ya. Think, I think Steph will, uh, will appreciate Josh's swag. Josh has lots of swag. Not a coward. Who? So did Mayfield, and they did nothing. So, like, swag is an overrated quality. You <laughs> keep, know? Going, keep going, man. I love it. So, if How we many had... games did the Bucks win last year? Seven. They would have won eight if I hadn't got screwed. <laughs> you mean if you hadn't bet them? You mean if you hadn't bet them over seven and a half wins, they would have won eight games? They won seven games, and the last couple of games of the year when they were winning games, their best two players were out and hurt. If those two receivers stayed healthy and if Winston had thrown 20 interceptions instead of 30, you know, they would have been a five seed and made the playoffs. Like Winston held that team back last year with his performance. I can't blame Arians from sending him out. I mean, it's just there's so much talent on that team, and uh, Winston is too combustible uh, for that team. I I will say this in in defense of Arians, guys, uh, because there were a lot of like – we saw like at least a trail – more than a breadcrumbs trail of comments like from the day the season ended that indicated he wasn't going to be back. They weren't going to give him like the franchise tag. And so, I mean, the market shows you he wouldn't even been worth the franchise tag, but that, that they weren't even interested in seeing if he could grow in the system. Arians, uh, I saw a comment from Arians where he pretty much said, you know, he's taught this system. Like he listed about three or four different quarterbacks. It's that they all kind of struggle in it. But by December, we really see signs that we can take off going into next year. And Jameis was still making like the most insane picks through the very end of the season. Like it never stopped. And that must have killed him. Because uh, he must have been ba- like the concepts that, that Arians thought were crucial, Jameis was never picking up. Uh, and I'm cer- certain Brady will. And they won 10 games last year. And, and they should have won 10. If they won seven with a quarterback that threw 30 picks, they should have won 10. And obviously that's what Arians is thinking. Um, but to your point, Pat, 
I don't think the 2020 version of Tom Brady is much greater of an upgrade than a lot of the quarterbacks who might be the 14th to 20th best in the league that were available this offseason, and they wouldn't have cost you $30 million a year. Maybe. You didn't need to spend 60 over two to get a quarterback that's not going to turn the ball over. That, see, that's I guess that's the entire thing. So what does Brady bring to the table for the Buccaneers that they were missing? And then the big thing, as you said, he doesn't really turn the ball over. I think that he has, in the past four years, he still has fewer interceptions than Jameis threw last year. So that's Crazy. an upgrade. But we're now into a situation where... Maybe he's under more duress. Maybe he's not in simpatico with Evans and Godwin or OJ Howard or Cameron Brait, just despite the fact that there's still huge upgrades over the weapons that were in New England. But does Brady still have the physical tools to be able to like Godwin? I can see if Evans is just going to be like running nines down the field the entire time. Like how, how many of those big Evans games over the past three years were just, hi, I'm Mike Evans. I'm going to run down the sideline. Jameis is just going to bomb it to me and I'm going to catch it. Like does Brady even have that in his repertoire anymore? It will certainly be an advantage to play four outdoor road games all season. You get to play eight warm weather home games, four road uh, dome games, and uh, four games on the road. And who knows if any of them will even be in the cold uh, the way they line up the schedule. He's going to get the Drew Brees treatment of sort of like nice, warm confines to play football in. So, yeah, I, I think Brady will be able – Is he, he will maximize those receivers. Every time yeah. throughout his career – when Brady has been given top-tier wide-receiving talent, he has maximized it to the extreme. He's made great players all-time players, and good players great players. There is no reason to believe that it's not going to happen now. Tampa Bay is going to win the Super Bowl. Saying it right now. <laughs> oh, Underlined. In Late. It's happening. They're hosting the Super Bowl this year, and they're winning the Super Bowl this year. This changes everything. Brady on the, on the Buccaneers with that offense – changes it all i'm sorry if you know the, the buck fans who don't want to hear that i'm sorry i have to speak the truth as i understand it the, the buccaneers are going to win the super bowl stewie's gonna hate to hear that oh my god you man. pick him you pick them to like not even win the division the last four years and all of a sudden <laughs> it's like... tampa no, you you didn't pick you didn't pick New England to win the AFC East the past seven years with Brady, but now they're a lock to win the Super Bowl just because he left New England. Like that, yes. Thank you, Pat. Well, I hate the Patriots and I want bad things to happen to them, but I actually have nothing against the Buccaneers and Brady still plays well. Sorry, that's how I feel. Uh, you know, sooner or later, a home team is going to get to host a Super Bowl. It nearly happened with Minnesota. It's going to Can happen. I ask how many wins would you have – what would you have said the Chargers would do had they been the team to come out of this today? I don't know. Maybe they'd win half their games. Say that again? Maybe the Chargers would have won half their games. But Tampa will win the Super Bowl. Tampa was already a top-tier team in terms of offensive talent and getting better on defense. Now you add Brady, you take away – 30 interceptions, you replace that with like 10 interceptions. Uh, it makes a whole world of difference. All things are changed. Uh, you know, you just look at the NFC landscape and there's a lot of parody in the NFC. And why can't Tampa, why can't, you know what? People have made a lot of money in their lives betting on Tom Brady to come through for them. I'm going to be one of those people. Tom Brady <laughs> will not let me down. I'm on board. I got nothing against Tom now. He's gone. He's gone from the Patriots. I hold no ill will towards him now. He is gone. 
he's the forever patriot, except he's not a forever patriot because he's a, a buccaneer now. And so <laughs> I have great sympathy for what he's up to. I can speak nicely about him because he's not on the Patriots anymore, and he is going to take them to the promised land. It is going to be 2002 Redux. Okay, so there's a few things I want to deconstruct here. One, I do think that the offensive line for the Bucks is a substantial problem. And you can say things like, hey, look at the treatment that Drew Brees has gotten in this division by playing games in warm weather and indoors, but he also stands behind probably you know, one of the top three offensive lines in football. And that's been pretty consistent over the past 10 years or so. That's not going to be the case in Tampa with Tom Brady. The other thing is, I feel like if there's an advantage to having Tom Brady on your team right now, it would be playing games in cold weather. You having the ability to go to go up to the line and change the play, get the ball out quickly with short routes where that's just an extension of your running game. I feel like in this sort of situation where you're now asking him to play the Saints twice, the Falcons twice, and whoever ends up being the Panthers quarterback, and let's just, take this, let's just take the Saints and Falcons. Like, the Falcons might not be any good, but they're going to score a bunch of points. If you're asking Brady to get into, like, huge shootout games with other teams, I don't think that's the kind of football that he wants to play right now. Like, New England was such a good situation. I think New England remains a good situation because that defense was so good. Like, that's why like, they're still favored to win the NFC East. Like you, you're, you're, you're calling them going five and 11. Like they're a team with an excellent defense being a game manager and not turning the ball over is great. If you want to win games 21 to 17, it just doesn't feel like this defense is up to the task of shutting down the saints from scoring like 45 on them. He went shot for shot with Kansas City multiple times in the last couple of years. This isn't Tim. This isn't the last couple of years. We have to talk about it because it's 2020. He's got a better offense now. Defense is not as good offense is much better might be the best offense he's been in other than the 07 Patriots offense because he doesn't have Randy Moss but he has Godwin who I guess Godwin's gonna have to give up his number because he's number 12 uh, and and Evans and those tight ends and and a marvelous head coach who's a an offensive wizard uh I, I'm sorry this has all the making what could go wrong oh what my could god go, what could go wrong other than injury do you want to know something you know what? That's a great point because every quarterback that's available for this great class, everybody could be shit. And I don't think anyone could be surprised. Even Tom Brady, if he's 43 years old and he's not good, I don't know, father time. If last year, Philip Rivers, like he just has a dead arm and it's over. There's nothing that Colts O'Leary will do for him. And is anyone shocked? No. They, they aren't. They aren't. If Ryan Tannehill gets injured or stuck and turns back into a pumpkin, is anyone totally shocked? No, they aren't. If Cam Newton is just damaged good, is anyone totally shocked? No. If Winston can't throw just 20, 15 interceptions and 30 becomes 31 interceptions, is anyone totally shocked? Probably not. Not really. So for as great as they all are, they all literally, if the bottom fell out of all of them, I don't think you could play dumb to any of it. It's all on the table for every single one of them. If Bridgewater just can't throw the ball downfield and they're just going to blood dump to McCaffrey all day, well, that's a re- that, that might be the reality. I don't know. I'm kind of with Jeff on this one. Like I would be a bit more for the money that you're paying him and the quarterbacks that were potentially available. I just don't think that Brady was the class of this market when it came to it. Like I just don't. 
Maybe, but he's the best quarterback for that system. For I don't. That. I really don't think that's the case at all. I think that, like, you he, want he's better. Other, than, I don't know. I'm sorry. Like Drew Brees, I guess is technically an agent, but he's going to be signed by the Saints. Like, you you have Rivers, who I guess is fine, but not quite as dependable as Brady. And as you know, last year had a ton he of. He wasn't good. cheap. Yeah, he and he wasn't cheap. Now he went for twenty five million dollars uh, for this year. I mean, I, I don't know. Based on the quarterbacks that were available, I actually think Brady was the best choice that Tampa could could have made. I'm, I'm telling you, man, you're, you're all sleeping on Andy Dalton when it comes to this one. Dalton's going to be. Good I don't know against Andy Dalton, but I just think he's Mister Mediocre. I mean, I think. But what? I but, what do you, but I just don't understand what you think that you're getting from Brady. He's not a top five quarterback in the league, and at least with Dalton, where he don't might be, he, he might be Mister Mediocre. But if we pencil Dalton in to be the 16th best quarterback in football, his range of outcomes is to be like the 14th or the 18th. Like it's a very small range. You know what you're getting with Brady. He could be really, really good, but he could be fucking awful as well. I suppose that's true, but just he's unlikely to make big killer mistakes. Tampa needs a quarterback who's not going to make the big killer mistakes uh, to thrive and can in a moment or two. If like if there's a big playoff game, they go into Green Bay. Well, that's someone who's not going to be bothered by the cold a- a- in the moment. I don't know. There's a particular type of leadership that he will bring to bear too. That you know you can't overlook. That you just can't you just can't hire six Super Bowl rings and pretend like that doesn't mean something. Of course it does. He just. He brings something different to the locker room as well. So you just add it all together in a in, 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 in a vat, and what you get, I think, is a pretty good situation. Now, listen, on the other end, I'm wrong all the time. I'm wrong <laughs> once an hour. So I could absolutely be wrong about this, but I'm, I'm sticking with my guns here. So I, I think if I was Tampa and I was in this market, like I said, I think you can get Dalton for a lot cheaper, allowing yourself to build in other ways. Uh, I think he would probably be just as good with, Maybe less upside, but I think there would be a much higher floor on Dalton than Brady. But if Cam Newton is actually in the market and you're going to roll the dice, I think I would have just traded for Cam and hope that he's really good because at least his upside is to like top five quarterback in football. Carolina would never, ever, ever, ever trade Newton in division. So that's not an option. Well, do you want to know something? There's a lot of talk that they're just going to have to release him. Yeah, maybe. That That there really isn't a trade market out there for him. And part of it might be with some of these Corona concerns at the moment, how extensive you really would need your doctors. Like this wouldn't just to trade for Cam Newton. Um, you need to look at this thing over. You need to look him over yeah. probably in person and in medical and with the state of sort of the world right now, that is a delayed process. I don't think this Newton thing gets resolved uh, for some time I wouldn't be shocked maybe I'm crazy and he signs while we're talking or tonight or tomorrow I wouldn't be shocked if this bleeds into closer to the draft um, because this thing can't happen quick you can't just quickly trade for Cam Newton you need to extensively look at this guy and then have second and maybe third opinion doctors tell you what they're seeing all right so let's switch gears here Jeff, you have a 1 p.m. Eastern team to root for now. Phillip Rivers <laughs> is the Colts' starting quarterback. What a great signing for the Indianapolis Colts. Phillip Rivers, when protected, the advanced stats show he is an elite pocket passer in the National Football League, even last year. While under duress, he is putrid. He's horrible. There's nothing he can do. Uh, the Colts allow him to succeed. 
They give him every opportunity to succeed. The terminology, the offense is incredibly similar. Um, he could get in there from go and be ready. Uh, I'm excited. Go Colts, AFC South champs. I'll bet it. So, Tim, what do you make of Rivers in Indianapolis? Because the weapons in Indianapolis are significantly lesser than they were with the Chargers, but that offensive line obviously is a lot better. I just find it really crazy, and we'll eventually get to what the Chargers have done this offseason. Insane. But, I know what you're going to say. It's but if, insane. But if they, had just kept, if they had just kept Rivers, they rebuilt their offensive line. That's, like, really good now. Yeah, and they even could have gone to the podium at sixth overall and made it even better. Uh, quickly, it's not like they totally abandoned. They tried. They got Okung and Pouncey. They did it a couple times, try to make upgrades. But, yes, with this new reformed O-line, I would have loved to uh, – I don't want to go there. I'm happy for him. He got a good deal. Apparently, the whole family – uh, fuck, uh, screw your COVID jokes. Uh, the whole family's going to Indianapolis. Uh, so this is exciting. He's fired up. Let's go. So Tim, what do you Hoosiers. make? Of, Tim, what do you make of, uh, Rivers back with, when, when was Frank Reich in, uh, when was he in San Diego with, that was what, six, seven years ago with Rivers? Under Turner. Uh, well, it would have been the McCoy years. So four, and there, and the current ago. offensive co- and the current offensive coordinator is um, the former QB coach. So there's a lot of good relationships there. I'm not sold on this makes the – I mean, it makes the Colts better, but I actually kind of like Jacoby Brissett. I'm curious to see if he ends up getting cut and he gets thrown into the market with this. But uh, over under 10.5 wins for the Colts, Tim. I'd probably take the what? under slightly. Maybe 10, 10 and 6, right? Sure. Just because that division is no gimme. You've got the Texans who still have the best quarterback in the division, even though they've disassembled themselves. And Tennessee just went to the title game. So hard to imagine, hard to predict any team in the AFC South to win more than 10 games. So, but The I, number's I, 10 and a half right now? No, no, I, I'm just throwing that out there as just a general oh. number. Okay. I like what Jeff said. I like the protection. Rivers should, th- one would think, if Rivers has still got it, he'll thrive with fantastic protection in Indianapolis. Uh, it's a great spot. If... if <clears throat> He can keep Ty if they can keep Ty Hilton healthy. If they can go ahead in the draft and uh, make a pick for maybe one more offensive weapon, I, I like what they're doing there. That that team two years ago made the playoffs and won a playoff game, and this year, I mean, every, the wheels fell off before the season began, and I still managed to win like seven games, which is you know, commendable uh, to say the least for the Colts. So I got nothing against this Colts team. I think I think they'll be right in the mix for the playoffs. Yeah, I like what they've done with the defensive line too, trading for DeForest Buckner, but they also gave up their first round pick in doing that. So if they do want to assess a skill position, that's likely not going to happen until at minimum the second round. If they that's fine. And there, there's not really anyone you can go out and get right now, but on all three levels of their defense is looking pretty solid right now. We know the offensive line's in place. I just I have a, some of the same concerns about Rivers that I do with Brady though. Now I know that Jeff kind of just went to that when he is not being just under complete duress rivers has looked really good but he's also getting really old and it's to the point where if they're down by a touchdown do you trust him not to try to fit it into a tight window trying to make a throw he can't make i don't i think he's gonna still try to do that stuff yeah that's in him that that you're right that that is in him and to your point there were a lot of moments last year uh, particularly like that horrendous interception at the goal line versus the Chiefs game in Mexico City where there wasn't the pressure and he wasn't winning the line of scrimmage. And that was always like a staple of Phillip. 
like put us into the right play call. He sees what you're doing. We are in the right play. Um, and he'll make it happen. And there were so many plays that I'd never seen before where he wasn't necessarily being harassed. So I'm not totally, uh, like I said before, where I ran through everybody, if, if last year was the bottom and it's sort of going to be more like an Eli trajectory at the end, it would hurt me a lot because uh, we always avoided that being Eli until last year. And we also avoided winning Super Bowls like Eli. I'll own that. I'll forever be sad about it. Uh, but if it is just bad, uh, I'm not totally shocked, as I made the case with every free agent. Like if last year like was a sign. If Philip is just as bad next year as he was last year, everyone's just going to say, well, we saw it. We saw it on film. Like he was dead. It's sort of you're fearfully alluding to that. So I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm rooting. And I got my one o'clock team. Well, looking at the odds right now, the updated odds for the AFC South, the Colts are now the favorite at plus 175. The Titans are plus 190. The Texans are plus 225. And then the Jumbo Jags, Tim, your pals, they're nine to one. And it sounds like they're in the market to try to trade Foles. But as it turns out, no one wants Foles. Maybe the Patriots no. for nothing. The only team that should want him is Philadelphia, really. I mean, he has a good track record with New England, as in beating them. So maybe they want him. Yeah, That's the team that could be tanking for Lawrence, by the way. I mean, I don't think that they need to actively try to tank. They might just be really bad. Yeah. But in a lot of the personnel moves that they made, it just looks like they're clearing the way for something. It does seem that way. Uh, it, it's not even maximizing value on trades. That's that's very disappointing. Well, I don't know. Of those odds you read me, I think this, the most value is still on the t- the Texans, but uh, yeah, we'll have to see how everything ends up shaking out with that because there could be a point where you know we look three days from now and all of a sudden JJ Watt is traded for hey, the sack of potatoes that looks like someone. Bill O'Brien's like, oh my god, gotta get him throwing a seventh round pick and we're good. You know what? We'll give you a second and JJ Watt. Sack of potatoes looks mighty delicious. Like, who the fuck knows what he's up to with this? Point? I don't know. He seems to fall uh, fall upwards a lot. So. Yeah, well, sometimes just dig up, stupid. And sometimes I guess that works. So Carolina, I I didn't realize this. I just saw this had been, like, reported. I didn't realize it was, like, in the books. But Teddy Bridgewater signs a three-year, $60 million deal. Like, so, Jeff, you were talking about you didn't want to tie up a long-term investment in someone like Teddy Bridgewater. But if you're Tampa, doesn't three years at 60 with Bridgewater seem like a better idea than two years for 60 with Brady? Yeah, you're not wrong. And I was actually, I keep forgetting about that because I assumed and a lot of the reports made it seem like early in the process that Bridgewater was in high demand and was going to get a five-year deal. I could have lived with that Bridgewater contract. I could have. But I, 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 I'm, I don't know. I, I'm excited for, for what lies ahead for my boys. And I'm thinking I want, I, I'm being greedy. Wait, just, we'll, like we'll, 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 right. we'll get to the Chargers eventually. I want to talk about the stuff. But that I'm keep climbing the mountain. I want a higher ceiling. I'm being greedy, I'm being greedy. So when, when you're trying to bid, I mean, right now, I don't know how prices right would work. Like if you're on prices, right. And there's like two rolls of toilet paper, like, what do you guess? <laughs> I don't know. But if it's like, you could walk away with this washer dryer, that's, Teddy Bridgewater, but you know there's like a wicked prize behind another door. I'm still playing the game. Yeah, if that so, makes any sense. So, so your yodeler guy is just going yodeler. So you're, you're good with him like dumping <laughs> off the cliff. Yeah, I'm going. 
if you need you to do what I need to do, you need the Supreme guys. You need them. Look who like Mahomes, Wilson. If someone has a speck of that in them, they're worth the risk to me. As crazy as that sounds. And we'll, we'll get there. Sorry. Sure, but remember Garoppolo was five minutes away from winning the Super Bowl. Oh, fair enough. That roster seemed perfect. I just what what are the Panthers going to accomplish with Teddy Bridgewater? I guess is nothing. That that's the thing. Like they they lose Bradbury, so they lose their best corner. Uh, they trade their best O lineman for O lineman who's like has lung problems and is not as good and is older at this point. Like I, I just don't like if you sign Teddy Bridgewater to this sort of money. And I mean, twenty million dollars a year for a quarterback is basically nothing at this point. That's like below average. So true. It, it's not like they broke the bank to pay Teddy Bridgewater. But if this is all you're going to do, why not just try to roll the dice with Cam? It's as if those of us who said that the hire they made for coach and uh, player personnel director wasn't a very good one. And it's, you know, know, I've got another side plot that it's more of like a slow roll here. Um, Like they trust Bridgewater to sort of just hold the fort as they build what they're trying to build. And the public won't turn on them because they won't win like three games. And uh, they brought in Brady, for the offensive coordinator from uh, who formerly of the Saints, so he knows Bridgewater. And in an off season where I guess new programming and install is up in the air with this COVID, and who knows when these guys are going to get together, and that makes getting any new quarterback freaking scary. And that's a benefit to this Bridgewater thing, who's familiar with the terminology that they'll be installing from their offensive coordinator. And probably a benefit to the Colts because Rivers, as we mentioned when we spoke about that, has quite a familiar with how that offense is going to work with the Frank Wright thing. So I think it's more of like a stabilizing deal. And when you stand back and and as Pat mentioned, $20 million for a quarterback, if he's going to start for you for three years, I don't know, it's not a lot. And I'm still fearful that they're a team to watch as it pertains to making moves in one of these next two drafts to actually address what they'll want to address. Well, Tim, if it was you and you had to pay a quarterback, you were talking about how you should be GM of the Jets last night. So maybe it's not the Jets. Maybe you're the GM of the Panthers. And there's two things, or even the Titans at this point. And you look at it out there. Would you have rather given Teddy Bridgewater three years for 60 or paid Tannehill four for 112? I would have taken the Tannehill deal. And really? it's only I've seen Tannehill take my team to the AFC Championship game and not make the big mistakes. And He threw the ball 77 and 88 yards. Bridgewater has played, what, five games in the last three seasons, and uh, and those games were played with Michael Thomas and one of the best offenses in football. Like, I think Bridgewater is just too big, is a bigger question mark, and therefore I think the safer play is Tannehill, who – you know, you can look back at his time in Miami. Was it's, it's you know patently underrated, and he played really well last year and earned his job. So I think if you're giving me the choice of the two, I'm taking Tannehill. I think that's the rational choice. I agree that Tannehill is probably better. I don't know if he's worth almost double the money, though. Is the thing like if that's how you're trying to construct your team? Because you just franchised a running back as well. So you're out. You're, you're going to run into the same problem that the Rams have going okay, on right now, right, where the running back won the, the rushing title and was yeah. The t- Tim, that, that, that that's fine yeah. and everything, but you're going to run into the same problem that the Rams have right now, where over 26 percent of their salary cap is invested in Jared Goff and Todd Gurley. And now okay, they have, and now they have to cut the rest of their team. They franchised him, so they're not into him for anything more than a season. So it's not quite the same thing. Where they backed up a Brinks truck and gave Gurley 
uh, gobs of money for multiple years. It's not quite the same. Thing. Okay, I mean, I'm willing to concede that point, but you're still investing a lot of money, especially with Tannehill. Like, Tannehill's not an elite quarterback by any means. And He's not. It, and his salary is, I mean, it's like it's more than Kirk Cousins is, and I'd rather have Kirk Cousins. I don't know. I would rather the guy who's got more playoff wins. That would be Tannehill. Last time I looked. I mean, Tim, you were, you're now talking up Tannehill and you're besmirching the best Jets quarterback of the 20, past 25 years in Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know where you're at right now. <laughs> I Listen, I like Teddy. I just think he's too big of a question mark to hinge my franchise on him. But if you're Carolina and you're like you said, you're probably not going anywhere right now. Uh, it's a great contract because, you know, he can show you something if he's if he plays top tier. Uh, great. You know, you, you you know, you get a really good return on investment. But if he doesn't, then. You know, it's okay because you're not paying him as much as you would have had to pay, like you mentioned, Tannehill, for example, or, or Newton, however much Newton's contract is that you're getting out of. So quarterbacks that are currently available. So let's try to find homes for these guys. Cam Newton is available. Jameis Winston is available. Joe Webb is apparently still available. So is Brett Hundley at this point. Blake Bortles, only 27 years old. Uh, who else is good that's still available? I, are, can we say that Jacoby Brissett is available? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is kind I, of available. I ran a thing that says Indianapolis likes forward to Jacoby experiencing Philip Rivers. And maybe that means replacing him, but they think that, that this Philip Rivers experience will help Jacoby uh, in the long run. As something I always wish the Chargers would get to do is have Philip tutor somebody. Yeah, but that just seems really strange that Brissett's on year two of his two-year deal that pays him $15 million per year. Then you bring in another quarterback to pay him $25 million per year, and the plan is, well, you can sit behind this guy that we just brought in. We're going to pay you $15 million, and we're going to resign you to a big contract? Uh, you're right. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the market for Jacoby would be anyway. I don't know. I mean, if if somehow Brissett hits the open market, he gets cut. Let's just let's live in a world where Cam's cut, Jameis is cut, Brissett is cut, and well, Jameis isn't cut. He's just a free agent. But and then Andy Dalton is cut. So those four guys are currently available in the landscape we know where teams don't have a quarterback. I think Dalton makes a lot of sense in New England. Maybe they try to shoot for the moon and try to get Cam and see if that works out. But wouldn't Brissett logically make the most sense having past experience in that offense? Yeah, he would. And maybe they do want, maybe, maybe they are going to trade back for Jacoby. Maybe that's who Bilicek wants. That when, when I saw that Bilicek hadn't even called, the Patriots hadn't even called um, Bridgewater's agent. I, I, I mean, I didn't really make much of that other than to say, well, I'm certain Bilicek has a plan. And I will still believe that till the very end. Yeah, like, Tim, when you talk about, you know, Brady, you don't bet against Tom Brady. Who would you rather not bet against, Brady or Belichick? Brady. Really? You think this was all Brady? Not all, but mostly, yes. He's the one out there throwing the ball last time I looked. Okay. So, New England quarterback. I'm going to say that if Brissett's available, it's Brissett. If not, it's going to be Andy Dalton. That's what I think ends up happening here. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so there aren't a whole lot of journeyman quarterbacks left, unfortunately. Do you think... Like, go ahead. Before Keenum was signed, he would have been a, a really good candidate for them, but he's off the boards now. Keenum, I, I think Keenum's a bit too reckless with the ball to fit in well there. 
maybe, but I mean, I'm just talking about like, a, I don't I, I guess so, but what are they doing? Like, they're not going to win anything. No one is under any false pretense that Patriots are going to do anything. So what if, if your goal is just to get through this season until you can like draft a good quarterback. Well, well okay, okay, Jeff, um, Tim is on this side that like, what are the Patriots doing? They're tanking. The odds for the AFC East right now have, have the Patriots at even money to win the division. The Bills at plus 150 the jets at eight to one and the dolphins at nine to one so currently even that's our good bet the jets are the best bet to come last in that division like oh, what the fuck no. are you talking about yeah have you, i don't love i don't like blindly i don't think i would pick the jets but at eight to one i don't think a lot separates them i was high on them last year so well, the value's there. No yeah, debating it. Th- th- there is a complete debate because the Dolphins are much better value than the Jets because the Dolphins are a significantly better team at this point. Jeff, yeah, you, maybe, were, Jeff, 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 you were sending us screen grabs of Jets grades for stuff. How, how good was that? Yeah. They were not getting good grades, and the uh, Walter Football was joking um, – how the Jets don't even like good players. Adam Gase only likes shitty players. <laughs> <laughs> but let's stick with the Patriots for a second. But then Jeff. they signed a good player later in the day. Who did they sign? The the center? Yeah. He's good. Do, do we know? I, I I listen, my center research, not the greatest. Is this guy well, actually Connor good? Okay. Connor McGovern will be okay. I think I'd rather have Connor McGregor. At least I'd sell tickets that way. Least popular team in football, the New York Jets. I heard that. Uh, Jeff, who do you think is going to be the Patriots quarterback? Jeez, I'm going to say Andy Dalton. Dalton. (laughs) If Dalton is the Patriots quarterback, they're winning that division again. You know that, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely going to happen. I mean, I hate to see all these Patriots fans have to cheer for Andy. Tim, haven't you you picked the Bengals over like the last decade? Not last year. The only time okay. I picked them in all last year was the one game I knew they would win. So there you go. That's actually uh, not true. You said they would make the. We did the schedule release show, and you said they'd make the playoffs. I backed off that pretty quickly. <laughs> Pat, I will say, like Tim, and maybe Paul, and I don't know. There's a lot of us who cheer for losing teams, like we're losers. But I promise you, I will be forensic accounting those goddamn Patriot fans. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> we all will be. You I don't guys, care. I, listen, you guys are fucking losers. Just, I know. Why, why do you care? They're all going to have a homes I just do. And all, you know, the, these people are going to become big fans of the Cowboys and Chiefs and all the good young teams. And they'll say, oh, well, you know, I guess I kind of like the Patriots. Here's a, here's, a, here's a trick. Ask some Patriots fan who's a real deep Patriots fan named three players who played for the Patriots before Tom Brady came, came to new England. If they can name three, then you move along. But I bet you that almost none of them can tells you all you need to know. I mean, that was over what, 20 years ago at this point. Like what about, what about the fans that are young? What if you're 25 and from Boston? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, sure. Whatever. You're right. The greatest fan. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just saying like they, you forget that Tom Brady has been there forever. No, believe me, I have not forgotten it. I've lived it for 20 years. M- most people just don't hate other people's success like you do. You're just a very negative person. 
I'm a very positive person. You're not a positive. You're not a positive person. A lot of these Patriots fans who've given us a lot of grief over the years on Twitter and in general, like we are now watching you like a hawk because now the rubber is going to meet the road. We'll see what types of fans you are and whether you're shipping up to Boston and let's F and go when you're five and 11 and picking with the fourth pick overall or something. Yeah. Tim, then we'll see. Tim, Tim, Tim. Now, Listen, you can throw this. Boston fans are obnoxious. They're awful. But at least their teams win. When the Jets have a first down or score a touchdown on their first drive, you go absolutely mental and talk about this. the, the next 20 years, Sam Darnold, here he goes. There's no way he's going to weigh 800 pounds in three months. I mean, what, what's going to happen with this guy? He's on self-isolation. You don't think he can stay away from the snacks? Because I don't. But it, it takes one. it takes one play – and you're out of your mind. Imagine if your team was actually winning Super Bowls. You can't steal my joy no matter how hard you try. In the last month, the Red Sox traded away one of the best players to ever wear the jersey, and the Patriots got rid of Tom Brady. I'm sorry. This is just nirvana for me. You can't make me unhappy. I am on cloud nine. Uh, things are. My ship has come in. Things are working out for me. Oh, yes. Paul has a question from behind the camera. Yes, Mr. Shaughnessy. Hot take. I actually wanted the Patriots to keep Brady because I think he's dust. As a Bills fan, I preferred them to have Brady, I think. If, like, Cam goes there, I'm terrified. You people are crazy. You get rid of him when you have the opportunity to get rid of him. Get out of my life. Goodbye. See ya. So, there is another thing to this, too. And I think it was Kyle Brandt who said this. He's also a Bills fan like Paul. Paul, would it be more satisfying to beat the Patriots this year, sweep the Patriots at a home and away when they're starting, I don't know, some guy that they draft in the third round and, like, they're terrible? Or would it have been better to have Tom Brady there and go in and beat them back-to-back? Like, he's gone. It's just like, he's like, you know what? The teams in the AFC East are too shitty. I, like, I can't deal with this anymore. Wouldn't it have been more fun to knock off Brady? Yeah, that would have been fun, too, because that's why I was kind of saying he's, yeah. he's dust. And I think like they were actually, you know, vulnerable for the first time. And the team's getting older. Most of their pieces are gone and he doesn't have the arm like we saw that a whole bunch. So, yeah, it would have been nice. It would have been nice to have retribution. Tim's Tim's got more of like the cowardice. Type yeah, of strategy. He has, Tim yeah, is taking the he wants he out. wants the easy way out. It seems I want him gone. Listen, as I. If we're beating the Patriots next year 30 to nothing in the fourth quarter, I hope we call timeout to make them punt just so that the loss lasts that much longer. Like, to heck with them. I hate them. I hate, I hate that team. Uh, their misfortunes make me happy. And so I, I, I'm i delighted. No, Brady has ripped the – unlike the Bills, who haven't really been good much at all over the last 20 years, the Jets have routinely made the playoffs. And so I've had to actually deal with the Patriots being good – uh, more over the last few years, and they have ripped my heart out and prevented the team that should have won multiple divisions from winning a single division. So now I have no love lost seeing that man out the door. Get out of my life. I mean, the Jets really haven't been all that good, man. We should have won the Super Bowl at least one of the two years we made the title game with those. Two oh yeah, they, 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 sure. So seven and nine, four and twelve, five and eleven, five and eleven, ten and six. That's pretty good. Four and twelve, eight and eight, six and ten, eight and eight. That's their last ten years. Yeah, I know. But that, 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 that's great, Tim. Yeah, in, in 1971, they were just running train. In 9 and 10, we should have we should have won the division both those years. We were the best team in the in division. In 2009, you were 9 and 7. And that team went to the AFC Championship game sure. and then took a big lead on the Colts and almost got to go to the Super Bowl. 
And then the next year we were by far the best and we got screwed with a couple of calls and we didn't get to the Super Bowl. And then, yeah, the 10 and six year uh, did. Just saying it's too risky of a, of a thing to say, well, I think Brady's done now. So I'd like to see him stay. Look, no, the, 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 okay, last, last year, the Jets lost to the Dolphins and the Bengals, the two worst teams in football. And you're concerned about like, oh, a, dust, a dusted up Brady. Oh, good thing he's gone. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Wow. Then we beat the, we, then we beat the Dolphins and we carried no. our kicker off the field. I, I like that you <laughs> say that with no irony. Like that wasn't the most pathetic thing that happened all year. I was proud. That showed like the team still cared. That they, we, that, that's why we won a bunch of games down the stretch. That's why we won seven games. That was a team that was that was fighting and competing. A team that carries their kicker off the field after seven field goals and a victory is it, when, even when the year is, is is lost. Shows you that that team's got heart. That team's got drive. They're not just marking time. They're not a dead team. I was proud. They weren't like the Browns who just you know, would have liked to take three knees and punt on and every drive just because they were they had quit on themselves and on their quarterback. Our team didn't do that. Jeff, on a scale of one to most pathetic, where would you rate this? I um most pathetic. I think that's where I fall on this too. I I mean, I'm sure the viewers out there, I mean, that's another giveaway. I'll do two giveaways for the show. Whatever the fuck I said at the beginning. And if you smash the like button for this video, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section and rate Tim's carrying the kicker off the field and being very proud against the Miami Dolphins last year on a scale of one to most pathetic. You will be in a draw for 20 DraftKings dollars. Jeff, the floor is yours. Tell us about what the Chargers have done this offseason because I sneaky like what they're doing. Oh, just had to crack one. Uh, what a fantastic <laughs> offseason. No, I, I really mean that. There are, there, are, there are questions at quarterback that have me in a constant state of uneasiness. Like, I never feel well not knowing who I'm going to foxhole with. I'll acknowledge that. And you are probably certain, you're certainly right. I was on a roller coaster today and had moments in the afternoon where it was like, oh my God, this is actually going to happen. I've been through Ryan Leaf. Like, I'm not going to support Brady. I'm not comparing Brady to Leaf, but like, I've been through the worst. Like, having Tom Brady wouldn't be the worst thing. I was trying to find the positive. So you're right. So today was like an emotional, weird day. But to my guns and where I've been through the whole process, I'm quite pleased we didn't give a 43-year-old a two-year, $60 million deal. And now we are spending the money. We're going to give a guy like Joey Bosa that extension this offseason. Um, but, but move upon move, the Austin Eckler extension, the trade of Russell Okun for Trey Turner. We got the better player, the younger player, the cheaper player, uh, signing Brian Beluga and the the franchise tag certainly not letting Hunter Henry leave. Anyone who Telesco's drafted who was worth a second contract, we have given that second contract to. I had no doubts in my mind. Every time we spoke all season, you would like try to scare me with with Austin Eckler things. That he was never leaving, nor was Hunter Henry. Uh, and a great restructure of some money, uh, cutting Thomas Davis. And Denzel Perryman hasn't quite lived up to the player we thought he was going to be. And him and his agent uh, respected that and said, you're right, we haven't been. And we don't want you to cut us, so we're going to restructure in a very team-friendly way. So I think it's been a quality offseason. And 
And now I can only trust we're going to go to the podium and draft the right quarterback. But I think the moves have been very prudent. They've been very prudent. I was scared shitless Tom Brady was going to be a charger because I felt no one's motives were pure. No I, one's motives were pure. I, I like my, I think my favorite part of the day was not just you trying to talk yourself into the upside and like how you could get behind Brady, but also that if they signed Brady, you were convinced that they were going to resign Melvin Gordon too. Oh yeah. Well, because we would have no money left. <laughs> like the 49.9 million would be gone and we would have like, enough money to be like, okay, Melvin, here's like a decent deal. I was scared about that. Yeah. But now Melvin Gordon's gone for sure because um, we let his fullback walk out the door, his Wisconsin fullback, who we only brought in here in the first place, the third leg of a Watt trio. Uh, so he's certainly not coming back and we'll draft a fourth rounder. or I don't know who will sign, maybe a veteran uh, to play running back, but, but I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. There's a lot of talk that we are going to be the team to move on draft day. If you look at a Daniel Jeremiah mock, uh, no one's more plugged into the Chargers than him, and he's got us making the move. Sports Illustrated's got us making the move. Walter Football's got us making the move. You ask people around football who's going to make the move on draft day, and it's us. So, it's what, us. so what is the move? The pick and what for what? I don't know what the compensation is, but we would go and take Tua. That, that is, to my understanding, what would happen. And a lot of the insiders believe this is highly probable because a lot of the insiders believe the Miami Dolphins at the moment are very torn on Tua and Herbert, um, that they like Herbert a lot. Are these trades uh, up to the two pick, Jeff? Because I think the Redskins are going to take them unless you trade up to the two pick. Okay, now that's a huge wild card, and maybe we'd have to wait for draft day. Ron Rivera can do whatever he wants. He could tell his owner they just did like they, they have the two pick. Tua could be the Kyler Murray and say we don't. I don't care with the new coach. I don't care what you did last year. That discussion's already been had in Washington. Ron Rivera can do whatever he wants. And if he chooses that that's what he wants to do, they can do that. And Haskins will be like Rosen. Bye. Are, are you worried that the only thing that I hear about Sainty Bear's chicken is that he sucks? <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't. I think he's being totally undersold, but I'm not kidding. I'm, I listen. I don't want to. I don't want to get to where we are um, picking favorites because I'm not going to be Tim Anderson and, and have an hey. embarrassing track record uh, when my team hey. is holding a premium draft pick. Hey, well, it's okay. No, you know exactly what you did. No, you know exactly what you did. Oh no, no. Well, Jeff, I mean the move. Well, the reason that I bring up what the move is because do you think that the Chargers give up the draft capital to get up to number two or number three when the Jets are sitting there at eleven when you could trade back and get the most valuable pick? That would be the move. That would be the move. The coveted um, eleven pick. But I am starting. Uh, to pitter-patter myself uh, for Jordan Love also. Um, Love is the most Mahomesian talent maybe in the next couple drafts. Might be more Mahomesian than Trevor Lawrence, who is fantastic and has his own special qualities, but I don't know if you would label them Mahomes-like. And like I said, 
Tua gives me this Russell Wilson flash. And anything that can potentially be one of those guys to me is worth the risk. And I'm yodeling off the cliff, as they say. I, I Obviously, I don't watch any college football, really. So I only get to hear the secondhand reports from people that I trust. Much easier than watching college football. And frankly, I don't care what they did. But wasn't Jalen Hurts good? Like, what's the deal? Is he going to end up on, like, the Patriots? Very possible. I, uh, I'm not... I'm not sure. There was also a lot of paranoia um, from a lot of people that I was reading a week ago thinking Carolina and their unpredictability would be a team that was going to trade up in the draft ahead of Miami, leaving the Chargers picking third of quarterbacks, a situation the Chargers really don't want to be in, apparently. So would you rather that the Chargers go and give Jameis three years, 75 million bucks or draft a quarterback? If you told me I could have Jameis Winston on a short-term deal and then go to the podium and select Isaiah Simmons, versatile linebacker safety from, uh, he could play five positions like my boy Derwin from Clemson, I would take that right now. Winston. Now, now, when, when, I, when, I, when you say a short-term deal, like would you consider three years a short-term deal? I would hope for, based on the market for Winston today, if Teddy Bridgewater got three, I don't think you have to give Winston three years. I don't think you'd have to. I don't think you'd have to, Pat. I mean, Teddy's a year older than Jameis. Jameis has more experience that it wouldn't be. There was a market well, there, there, hold, on, hold on, hold on. There's a lot of quarterbacks right now that it's not that maybe, maybe Carolina was like, hey, Teddy, we'll give you seven years at this. But Teddy looks at the market. He looks at the salary cap and is like, well, in three years' time, this salary cap's probably going to be an extra $30, $35 million, and all of us get paid more at that time. Like, I think a lot of this is just quarterbacks wanting the shorter deal. Okay. You could very well be right about that. And staying on this train of thought as it pertains to the Chargers, I would like Cam Newton – but I don't like if I could get Cam Newton and get Isaiah Simmons, I'd be excited about that with my revamped O line and our targets uh, and the scheming we could do on defense with Bosa, Darwin, and, and Isaiah Simmons. But but does Cam Newton come with a restructured contract? Because I just want the contract he has. I well, I mean, if he get, then you would have to trade for him if that was the case, and you're not going to go know the medicals on that if he's cut and then you have to sign him then it's a bit of a different story isn't it oh yeah see that's the problem chargers are probably i don't know how do you get your one-on-one with cam and with doctors that sort of seems like the things that aren't happening in this time of year at the moment okay but why wouldn't this scenario work let's say you can trade up and you can guarantee yourself to a let's let's just live in that world so and you can trade for Cam Newton. Cam has one year remaining on his contract. That's it. It's $18.6 million in base salary this year. I think the cap is like $21 million. And maybe you can get Carolina to eat some of the dead money. Maybe that could work. Let's just call it $20 million. That's what you have to pay Cam Newton for one year. Would it be worth it to bring him in just to sit Tua the entire time? Could you imagine what that would be? Oh, my God. Cam Newton, who you know, is all about himself all the time. The idea that he would ever be, you know, amenable to grooming a quarterback behind him to play, that would be a disaster. My goodness. On a one-year deal, you're right. He probably wouldn't be the best groomsman. 
That being said, it, yeah, but hold, hold on a second. That being it, said, it, Cam it, Newton. It is not. On. No, hold on. It is not Cam Newton's. If he, if you bring in Cam for a year to the Chargers, it's not his responsibility to teach yeah, Tua what's going it's on. His ability to win. And if you have yes. this roster around him, and Cam is back being Cam after having a year off of foot surgery, you have a chance to win. No, I agree. And and sort of to your point, Pat, Cam would have no obligation but to himself. But his uh, to himself that would need to include winning. And if he would have one year left on his deal, he needs to look at his future. And he knows a good season next year puts him in that QB one five year, four or five year contract that Dak cool. Prescott's about to sign. So he would be playing for himself. So Tim's sort of point that I don't want a selfish Cam Newton. That does, I'm not afraid of that. that. He would have to play well to, to show the league that he's worth what we thought he was worth two years ago. And I do believe Cam Newton is being undersold. If you look at the statistics, people are blinded by by seeing him last on one foot. They're like blinded by it. Like the amount of hate out there for him is is really bizarre. For a guy that's been really as consistent, for a guy that's turning 30, every great quarterback in the history of football um, has been great after 30. So if Cam Newton is the player he's been in his career, he'll be great after 30. He will be, just like every quarterback before him who was great. 30 is like the beginning of life for a quarterback. Granted, he's taken hits, but but with a year off, being fresh, healthy, (laughs) on an $18 million deal, and still be able to go to the podium and draft any of the young quarterbacks you want, sign me up, man. Sign me up. Hey, I mean, but when he scores a touch, but when he scores a touchdown at home, he's not going to have any fans with his own jerseys to give the ball to. So who will he give the ball to so he can be seen on TV giving? No the- fans, man. Yeah, we got no fans. We got as many as the fucking Rams. Don't worry, they'll be there. <laughs> oh, that was the only thing. That was the thing, guys. From today, <laughs> that was like the best thing about Brady. If the Chargers got Brady, I wouldn't have even been talking about football. My only bits would have been on like how amazing it would have been to be Stan Kroenke and to pay seven million dollars, uh, five billion dollars for a building that you would now be second fiddle in <laughs> to the rent-free team if Brady was a Charger. So oh, that would so, been the fun part. So Tim, let's let's bring, <laughs> let's bring you in here on the live show again. Everyone out there watching currently. Please smash the like button. That gets us better in the algorithm. Therefore, we'll get more hits after the fact. And if you just want to listen to the audio of this, you missed the first part, you can always just rewind the video. But I do encourage everyone to subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Uh, Leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you like about the show, and then you will be in a draw for 100 DraftKings dollars. Additionally, we're releasing a lot of shows right now. We're trying to get as much content out as possible to keep people, as I've been sitting at home, self-isolating myself, doing like home workouts. Uh, I'm crushing podcasts right now. So the more that we can put out for people, just you're going to see two in a day. Only one will like auto-download if you have that set up. You see the other one up there. Even if you don't give a fuck about it, just you know, hit download on that one too. We can always use more numbers. Like I said, tell a friend, and there's a $100 giveaway to go into it. But, Tim, what do you... uh what do you think is going to happen with the Chargers? Do you think it's going to be all rosy like Jeff's thinks? Because it doesn't seem like you do. Uh-oh. Per- personal. <laughs> what are you doing? I had a bit of foam issue. Looks like a, hit- looks like, is that, it looks like a diet. Uh, it looks like a toasted vanilla to me. Oh, Tim, you know what? I have to. I, I, got a, I got a foamy cup right here. Do you know what I need to do? 
What? I gotta hit the foam. Everyone knows about the foam. Oh, beer sniffs. Beer sniffs. Get you all fired up. No, remember the time you bottled my bottle in... (laughs) 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 Woo! Remember the time you... Hour number two of the live show. Let's go. In Charlotte, and I just let the bottle hang out. Yeah, I find it kind of crazy that no one ever tapped the top of your bottle before. You just held it off to the side. And then the waitress almost (laughs) slipped on all the beer. Well, I'd never seen someone do that before, tap the top of somebody. Why would you do that so that their (laughs) beer would fizz out and go everywhere? That doesn't seem very nice. Yeah, we were all fucking wasted, Tim. It was hilarious to the rest of us. Uh, I think that Tyrod is going to be the starter on opening day for for the Chargers. I really do. And I think they'll draft a quarterback and groom him, and then, then... in 2021, things could could go quite well, but I think it's Tyrod's season for for as long as he plays half decently. That's my opinion. Okay, who do, who do, do that's you a fair that's a very fair in play scenario. They seem to like Tyrod a lot, but I think they could do better. I'd rather Dalton and I'd rather Winston and I'd rather Cam. I believe Cam's going to be a bear. That's my opinion. Like a bear, they like think, some, like someone that you would want to date. I'm talking about. The, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the Chicago Bears. They are sending every signal, uh, left, right, and center, that they want a new quarterback. That they don't want to go into 2020 uh, with. Uh, oh my God! Why am I blanking on the uh, on Mitchell Trubisky? That that so. They're looking for somebody. I think Newton makes a lot of sense there. Uh, I think that would be a good spot for him. That team is also much like, uh, you know, much like I mentioned the Buccaneers. You know, last year people talked about the chart. Like teams that are like loaded but have that one issue that maybe if they could propel for, they could win a Super Bowl. The Bears could be very, very, very competitive if Newton comes there and plays 85%. I don't think we'll ever see MVP Cam again. I think those days are done. But can we see 80% of what Cam used to be? I, I think that's that's a, a very distinct possibility. And Chicago would embrace him. They love him. They haven't had a good quarterback in so long. Uh, that uh, that to me would be perfect marriage. Like, do you really think that the Bears, I mean, I know they want to bring in competition for Trubisky, but it's almost like Case Keenum being brought into the Browns. Like, it feels like they want to bring in someone that the incumbent can actually beat and maybe give them some confidence and make them better. I don't know. I, I, I actually don't think you can make him much better. So, no. I think Trubisky's time in the sun is over. There, that window is closing very, very quickly, and I think that they can no longer waste time with him hoping that he gets better. I think it's now or never. Well, There were some stories out there that the Patriots, sorry, the Patriots, that Brady had the Bears on a short list, but they were in just such salary cap hell that it was simply impossible for many of the things Tim said, they do sort of have feel like they have a complete uh, team would have almost felt like far stepping onto the Vikings or something uh, of a, of a few years ago. And, and to Pat's point, you could be onto something, Pat, it does feel like Nagy and, and the brass in Chicago are just sort of looking for a fake manufactured competition that, that uh, like the democratic party, like the gig is in the bag. There's nothing the other guy can do. So Fix. we're just gonna try to like boost boost them up, kind of. I I think so. Yeah, uh, you, you bring in Bernie, Bernie to Trubisky's Biden, and just you know, it, if Bernie's still just kind of out there right now, I actually just wanted to look to see how that those races are going. Florida's called already. It's always yeah. Illinois. Illinois called for Biden. This is this is 
toast at this point. How many delegates are between Florida and Illinois? A ton, right? Tons. Believe it or not, the people in Florida don't like it when you pal around with the Castros and say nice things about them. It seems like it it seems well, he did as the early returns are in right now, Biden's actually doing better in Illinois than he is in Florida. Fair enough. But Florida takes notoriously longer to count their votes. I mean, Florida has 61 percent or 83 percent of their votes in right now. I'm not guessing turnout was super high in any of these elections tonight. No, I bet you a lot of it would have been mail in ballots and uh, advanced polls. So where are we at? The Chicago Bears? I feel. Did they just sign someone? I thought I saw something pop across my timeline that they just signed. The Bill signed Quentin. Uh, who was it? No, they lost Chase Daniel. No, they lost Chase Daniel. Who's going to start week like nine when they play the Lions or something? Chase Daniel for the Lions. Oh yeah. So yeah. Well, I mean, is is the Stafford like Stafford's going to be traded? Is that stuff like all off now? I wouldn't call anything off till we get past draft season, to be honest. But it does feel like it was uh, never truly real. Okay, I'm going to have to ask Paul to ask the Bills to stop signing people. So they have just yeah. signed Quentin, Willie, Quentin Jefferson and Vernon Butler in the last few minutes. Yeah, our, D, like, our D-line just got way better in the last – since are, you people. You people are panic buying keep, in free agency. And keep. the rest of us can't buy anything because you're taking all the players. Keep no, you know what, Tim? Keep going. This keep going, Tim. This is what you're supposed to do, yeah. This is what we had spoken about. The Jets, over the years, just pay these high-ticket items, and McDermott, in a very Belichickian way, was scattering his resources throughout the roster. And with the move that was made um, this week, I want to say there's now not a single – when Shaq Lawson signs with Miami, there's not a single Doug Whaley player left on the Bills roster now. Not one. Is that true? Yes. Oh, of course, I was listening to Buffalo Radio, and then they said it. So that's my source. I've spent most of my day on Patriots Reddit boards having fun, so I haven't really been paying attention to what's been going on on Buffalo uh, Radio. Or... How is Patriots Reddit today? Very, very distraught. Do you think that they would have the same attitude as you, being like, Brady wasn't even good anyway? People have already begun to turn. It is amazing. It's like the Joker in the Dark Knight. He says, you leave these people alone, they'll eat each other. Uh, that's basically what's going on on the boards, right? I want to jump back to the Bills for a second. What did, uh, I mean, I thought they had a really good free agency last year. I, I know I've said this over and over over the past Why year. don't you just put on your Bills jersey and just give up the pretenses that you don't want them to do well? And come on, like, what are we doing here? Uh, when I talked about like the receivers that they brought in between John Brown and Cole Beasley in free agency, those were both like under the radar moves. They weren't top ticket free agents, but it showed a fundamental switch away from the type of guys that they had. Like it originally seemed like McDermott with Josh Allen was like, we need big dudes like Calvin Benjamin because Josh Allen is super inaccurate. Therefore we need the biggest people possible in order for him to throw to, because they have big catch radiuses. And it turned out the guys that you actually want for someone like Josh Allen are guys that create separation very quickly off the line of scrimmage. So they just have a larger window in order to throw to. And those guys were pretty successful. And I think that's what Diggs does for them. I think a lot of people are shitting on this deal and it is a lot to give up, but 
the Bills can't get high ticket free agents. It's a lot like the Jets, because um, you know the no, Jets have not. to pay the Jets to. I mean, well, they can't get anyone. So the that, smallest that, market in the AFC and the biggest market in the AFC are slightly different. But anyway, I mean, they can both get no one, so that's that's pretty handy. Uh, either way, the Bills go and get a lot of these under the radar, mid tier, low level free agents. No big names. Like who was the last big name to sign in Buffalo? Like Mario Williams. That if you're gonna go get someone, uh, Jeff, I think you would see this too. Like the Bills have to. McCoy. The Bills have to, and they had to overpay in that deal too, although Kiko turned out not to be very good uh, for Philly. But, Jeff, don't the Bills have to overpay for stuff in order to get good players? Yeah, but again, as we've spoken about going back to last offseason, while well, the Jets would sign uh, Le'Veon Bell and and maybe there was another high-priced... C.J. Mosley. Mosley's yeah, a great Mosley player. He just got hurt. He's going to be a, he's going to be a candidate for comeback player of the year this year. He's he's, he's a man. But I'm just saying the Bills the Bills would sign ten bodies for the price the Jets would spend on two, and you saw where it got that organizational depth. Like the last the main like who did they sign last season? You mentioned Beasley. They signed like uh, Star Latui, a good defensive tackle away from Carolina. Um, you know, even this year, a, a very off. Um, they brought in Josh Norman. I guess he's got those Carolina ties, granted just from Washington, on an incentive-laden cheap deal. I like it. I like Vernon the Butler. Moves. Vernon Butler's also a Carolina guy, who they just added. So they're all over it. And it really did seem like last year they needed someone on offense to be a game breaker, and they go get Diggs, who's one of the best route runners in football. That everyone's just kind of talking about, oh, imagine how bad, how badly he's like, you even said it to him, like how much he's going to complain when Josh Allen is overthrowing him down the field. I'm sure he will complain with that. But Josh Allen is good at throwing these like 15-yard bullets, and that's generally where Stephen Diggs gets open. No, and they need, they need to get a player to play that Frank Gore position who's just younger and better at this point, too. I mean, that, with some of the moves they've made, I don't think Melvin Gordon will be in their no. price range at this point. But well, would, they even, would, they, would they even want Melvin Gordon? Like, Singletary is good. You just need someone to back up Singletary, I think, for their offense. Yeah, I know. But like, as a bit of a compliment, because Singletary, I think, is going to be, like, amazing. And they can use him as a poor man's, like, Kamara uh, and Eckler in many ways. And maybe in a couple of years he's at that level because we see the skill set there. But they just need a, a more skilled version of what they're currently getting now out of that other running back spot. Interesting. Um, yeah. You know one team whose offseason, it's not necessarily the best by any stretch of the imagination, but I like that they're being proactive with what they're doing because they seem to have a plan in place of what they want to do, and they're building around that now. Like we saw with the Rams and with the Bears and all these teams that have rookie D, like rookie quarterbacks on this rookie contract to allow to build around that team. It usually takes to like year one. They draft the guy, they let the season play out, then they adjust their roster to go get better pieces around them. Cincinnati is making some like nice deals. They signed Trey Wayans, they signed DJ Reader. They know they're going to have Joe Burrow. Like they're proactively spending the money now. So a lot of these people are going to be in place already on the team. And then you can figure out your cap later on. If Burrow's really good and like you franchise AJ green, you leave that open for next year. Maybe you draft another receiver. Maybe you go out and sign someone next year's free agency. I feel like they're being super proactive with what they're doing. And frankly, it stuns me because it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Pretty surprising to see them doing all that spending. And I would say very similar and maybe even a year ahead, farther along Pat would be the Miami Dolphins. 
because they seem to have a culture already established with that head coach. And they're doing a lot of spending to make sure someone's going to come in there and be comfortable and not have a horrible team either to win with the quarterback salary window too. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, – you're going to see more and more of this, but it seems like teams right now – Maybe it just it took trial and error for teams to actually realize what was going on, that you don't want to – I mean, why would you want to wait until your year two of the rookie deal in order to make your team good? Like, if you can bring in the rookie in year one and start them and have them in a good situation, that's essentially what you want to do. The guy that you're talking about for Buffalo to fill that Frank Gore role signed with Miami. It was Jordan Howard. Yeah, I actually thought the Chargers could have been in on that too as the inside runner to compliment Eckler. We weren't. So that leaves, like, what running backs are left? Tim, you were real big on the Jets getting Devonta Freeman last night. I still think he would be a fine supplementary piece. I think there's a lot of teams that would uh, would benefit from having someone like him. No no question about it. If you're going to pay him, you know, cheaply for a year, you could do a lot worse than him, my gracious. So guys that are available on the free agent market running back-wise right now. So, Jeff, you let me know who you would like the Chargers to have, because I think there is an answer to this question. One, Carlos Hyde. Two, Devonta Freeman, Chris Thompson, Lamar Miller, Deion Lewis, DeAndre Washington, Peyton Barber, Amir Abdullah, Theo Riddick, your guy, Tim. LaShawn McCoy is available. Jonathan Williams, Wendell Smallwood, Devonte Booker, Ty Montgomery, your other guy, Tim. He's, you called Ty Montgomery the queen on the chessboard last season. If you, if you I, like, I like Ty Montgomery. Well, you won't. When he doesn't resign with the Jets, you'll hate him, won't you? No, no, I, I, I got nothing. I got nothing against him. I, I certainly wouldn't mind uh, Theoretic. He's a good so player. Of those top tier names, Jeff, who do you think would fit the best on the Chargers? Hyde. I don't know Lamar Miller. I'd be. Uh, I, I don't know. I'd be curious. I, I actually think like I think that Dion Lewis is a good running back. Maybe he's not the smash that you would want to go with Eckler. Uh, if that's what you envision. But I think if you don't want to play Eckler like an unlimited amount of downs, I think Deion Lewis does a lot of what Eckler does anyway, that a lot of teams seem like, oh, this is our bruising running back. This is sort of our receiving running back. What if he has had two guys who could run it kind of in between the tackles and be really good receivers? Then when you bring in your third, when you play the same sorts of guys on all three downs, like no team really seems to do that, which frankly, I'm no, not he, he, he could be I'm like a Jalen Richard. Yeah. He could be like Jalen Richard. Jeff, I'm nodding in approval. I'm nodding in approval okay. because I think it would be fantastic. I think uh, one of my favorite plays in the entire Charger playbook is the double running back wheel, um, where we have Melvin and Eckler running the wheel route to the same side. I, I want Eckler to be in the slot a lot. You put Eckler in the slot now with a route runner like Keenan Allen and a guy like Hunter Henry, and you also have to account for a guy like Lewis running a route potentially. Oh, my God. Yes, I am nodding in approval. Great suggestion. There we go. Tim, out of all those guys, who do you want to be the starter over Bell? I don't want any of them over Bell. Bell's going to have a great season. Like, I'm happy to have Bell. Things just didn't work out last year, but Bell Bell will be fine and actually quite good going into this year. Bowling. Uh, Oh, yes. I don't like the fact that he went bowling, but the season sort of went sideways. Uh, he'll be far more invested this year when the star QB doesn't get sick in week one and then hurt as well. Listen, I think Bell has a big season. I get back to Pro Bowl form. I'm very, very optimistic about what he does. And it's great that you know you can look at the AFC East teams rosters and you you have to go a while before you start saying, Oh, there's a Patriot I'd like to have. 
I used to always be Tom Brady's first one off the board every time, Gronkowski second off the board every time. And now you're like, well, you know, I don't know how many players I'd have to get through before I'd even conceive of taking a Patriot. They got yeah. some good offensive linemen, and they have one of the best players in the league. You, 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 you wouldn't want the defensive player of the year? I, well, he shouldn't have been the defensive player of the year. And I, no. Like, Here we there, there are a lot of players I'd rather have over a cornerback who, you know, cornerbacks are notorious, like great one year and bad the next. So, sorry. No, How come you haven't turned on your coach? Like, who is the good, that innocent man, the last coach that you freaked out on, like quickly wanted him gone? I said, I think in week five last year that I wanted Gase fired. Like, I don't but want you, Gase. You but you think you're going to have a great season despite your coach? Yeah, listen, you got, like Rumsfeld said, you go to war with the army you've got, not the one that you want. You've got to just <laughs> deal with the coach that you have. This guy managed to make the playoffs somehow with Miami. He can, despite, Bill O'Brien makes the playoffs every year, and he's the worst coach in football. So if, they can, if the Texans can overcome that, we can overcome this. Last thing. You ready for this? Two things about Tampa Bay. Let's go. Let's end on. We started with Tampa Bay and Brady. We'll go back to Tampa Bay and Brady. No Mariota? How many Let, primetime games are they getting? All right. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's talk about that because I totally forgot about it. Mariota son, as Tim would say, uh, signed with the Raiders. Any chance that he supplants? Derek Carr and Jeff, if you recall, Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, Tim referred to as the AFC title game matchup four years ago, whatever it was. And then on the same day, they both like got dead. Remember that? I do. And it wouldn't shock me at all if, if he was this next year's Tannehill. I mean, yeah. his career is almost on an identical trajectory in many ways as Tannehill's was. And now he gets to be that guy. Are you fired up for Mariota's on Tim? I think it's smart for the Raiders to bring in competition for Carr. I think this Raiders team actually is really, really good. I think they're a sleeping giant in the AFC West. I mean, no one's as good as the Chiefs, but I think they're the second best team in the AFC West. I, I think they're going to be really, and for a reason we've talked about, the advantage they're going to have of playing home games in Las Vegas, for example. I just think that that's a really well-coached team. I like what they're doing, the way they're constructing their roster. They traded away all kinds of players for draft picks, and they seem to have nailed those draft picks. So I sort of like where, they're, where their head's at. And, yes, I think it's smart to bring in competition for Carr because he's got a ceiling. Mariota has a ceiling too, but we thought that same with Tannehill, and then you blink and the Titans are in the championship game. So, yeah, the, the Raiders are smart to bring him in, and uh, Gruden's a quarterback guru. He'll figure out the the right way to conduct the orchestra. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be super fired up for Mariota as my backup. I could see gambling on him to be a starter of a team, but like if my starter goes down and I'm bringing this guy in, I'd be like, oh, God, here we go. I trust Gruden to make the right decision. I don't really understand that point. How could you like him as a starter but not as a backup? Yeah, fair. That's a fair question. My my point on that would be like if I thought that I was a playoff contending team, that sometimes like if I if I have Derek Carr, because A, Mariota and Carr are nothing alike. So I, I've always thought that you should have it would be like if Rivers got hurt last year and you bring in Taylor. Like you have a brand new sure. offense all of a sudden. So that is a bit of a trickier situation because he's a very like Liam Neeson and Taken, a very particular set of skills. We don't even know how good those skills are. He's not Liam Neeson and Taken, but they are very particular. But I would want to build an offense around Mariota because of his skill sets. And if he was my starter, I would do that. If he's my backup and Carr goes down, now I throw him into the Derek Carr offense, which 
spoiler alert, is not going to work with Marcus Mariota. I don't know, but two yeah. years ago, the Ravens lost Flacco through Lamar Jackson in, and the Ravens won the division that season. So yeah, they, 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 they also changed their offense on the fly because John Harbaugh is like one of the three coaches in football who would think to do that. John Gruden is also more than capable of that. Gruden's he's not. a marvelous he, he, coach. Yes, he is. He's a marvelous I, coach. I think, I, listen, listen, he's an okay coach. Jeff, do you think he would completely reinvent the offense during a bye week to fit the backup quarterback and change it no. so drastically you only run the ball? I'm pretty convinced Gruden will still run the same offense he ran in Tampa like 20 years ago. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think you guys don't give him quite enough credit. I think last year he proved himself to be an expert head coach still. Uh, apparently their signing goes to like Mayock. It's just like he's was head and shoulders for Mariota in his draft year and just believes that there's that ceiling still in there somewhere. I believe it. Yeah, Mayock's, I like Mario. Mayock's a football genius, so I, I trust his instincts. <laughs> uh, what was the bet that Tim wouldn't make you, Jeff? You've been you've been begging for this bet that Tim keeps talking about, and Tim won't make it. Well, he says the Chargers are going to win four games. Four games. You can't say that to me. Let's bet on it. What, he doesn't want to bet on it because he doesn't know who the quarterback's going to be. But no quarterback's a good option. We're not getting Brady. Like, so, like, you don't think Cam Newton's any good. I promise you we will not roll the dice on Jameis. Like, we, we were just so anti the turnover last year. There's no way we're going to, like, go, go to Jameis. And if it's a rookie, then, you know, we, we got rookie problems. But, but you're going to say four games and just snicker and say, I don't know what's going to happen yet. You know enough to say I'm winning four games. Bet me. No. <laughs> How many games am I going to win right now? I don't know. Listen, you won five last year. So, yeah. you know, so, so we should be somewhere in that ballpark between four and six wins probably, right? Maybe. You said four. I did say four. That's on the low end. Uh, I, I concede that. We'll see what I, I want to see. How the schedule lines up and who they're who they are their players. Schedule matter. Listen, I already made a stupid decision to make a bet with Patrick with the Cardinals and the Lions way too early. Now the Cardinals have added. Now the Cardinals are still the fourth best team in their division. They still belong, (laughs) but they have just added two. uh, You know, they've added uh, the the one of the top three receivers in football that you know affects things. So, like, I have learned a little bit to maybe hold my horses till things settle out because I would have been far less desirous to make the bet uh, knowing that Hopkins was going there. The Cardinals don't and have the Chargers it. haven't made a bad move since you got off us. This it's true. It, the, the, mo- the, the moment that you gave up on the Chargers and called them dead to rights and disowned them, like they, they've done nothing but make good, good decisions. The Chargers and Bills are dead to rights. Dead. <laughs> now, at least you're take, dropping up Jeff and Paul. They love takes Take my bet. No. Why? Why? He said that we're dead in the water. You might as well take our bet. So Bills versus Jets in division. If anybody else, if anybody else wins, then it's a wash. No, I don't want to. But but you said that. Uh, but you said that. They, like, come on, man. You wait. Let's you, you're Carl making. You're you're, you're 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 speaking like you're very very convinced that um, <laughs> that we're gonna pull that we're gonna we're gonna suck. So like, you might as well just just do it. You don't even have to worry about Miami or the Patriots this way. No, I, I just need to wait till we get clowny. 
You've already predicted the Jets to win 12 games without Clowney. What are they going to be, 16 and 0 with Clowney? Well, no, we, we I didn't predict 12 and 4. I think I said 10 and 6 on the show if, if we go back. I mean, la- last night you said 12 wins. I don't think I said 12. Wins. You did say 12. You said 12 and 4. And if they get Clowney, they, it would be more. Perfect scenario when they had all the best players that I wanted them to sign or trade for. But that's not what's the situation right now. I don't know. You're trying to back me into a corner, and people have been telling me for a long time, stop letting them back you into a corner. No, Stick I'm not no we've been telling you, you for a you're long time, stop me. being a coward. No, you've been doing that. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> let me say something. I'm not being – I agree. I don't like it when people come on here and, like, bully you into things. But you're the one that's bullying me. You're telling me in private correspondence that, that my team's going to win four games, and I want to bet you on it. But I don't want to. Cowardly. <laughs> Tim Cowardcast is going to be your name. Great. Just what I need is another name. Yeah. I think people on Twitter. Let's should... just wait for things to shake out before we make any. On bets. Twitter, people tweet at Tim Anderson 87 and say, You, Top Cust, Top Cuck, are a fucking coward. You tell him that. He needs to know. And be don't reminded you, over you, and over and over, Paul, yes. Can we call him TC squared for top cuck the coward? Well, technically, if you did TC squared without the proper bracketing, mm-hmm. it would be T. It wouldn't be. It'd be TC times TC, which then it would, I mean, if you don't count those as individual things, count them as two separate things. It would mm-hmm. be T times T, T times C, C times T. So it really wouldn't work out that way. Fair. All right. I, Tim. You yeah. need to see how things are going to shake out. The Chargers never make high-profile moves. Like that's just not in our DNA. So what do you, like? Like we might. You wanted to bet it against the Dolphins. That's what you want. And I, the Dolphins aren't finished yet. Yeah, Listen, I don't we know. Those division odds. We went through those division odds. Like the Dolphins could absolutely win the AFC East. It wouldn't shock. Yeah, I don't want to make. I don't want to make a Chargers versus Dolphins bet. But that's Brady's what you were gone. trying to hector me about. No. I was more about the four wins. Okay, but part of the reason I put four wins in there is because that's the low end. And I just felt like giving the low end. Sure, they could win six or seven games. It's not out of the realm of possibility. But look, they went five and 11. You're the one who always preaches you don't make big jumps in one year, right? No, I didn't say that. I said sometimes it's good to make the solid trajectory. We both acknowledge in football it's very possible to make the big jumps. And when you consider they were two and nine in one score games last year, it's feasible that it flips just like when they were what, when they had that great year, two years ago, they were like seven and one in one score games. That's every team in the league script flips on those one score games, every single team, every team. And what gives you the thought that the things are just going to flip around for the chargers? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't say a flip. I'm, you're saying four games. I'm not saying we're doing anything like insane, but you're putting four games out there. Joey Bosa and Derwin James have never played together healthy. I've owned them both for two full years, and they've never played a game together healthy. You don't know what I'm capable of. Well, then what are you capable of? I'm not like you. I don't put things out there, but I'm allowed to be excited, and the team's going to be fine. I'm nervous. Because I so badly just need a foxhole to jump in. 
What's and the quarterback to preach. What's your but, number, Jeff? What? What's your number? Oh, no, no, no. I don't know. I've like a lot of NFL teams. Seven wins, eight wins, nine wins. That's how the whole league works. Like, what's Vegas got for them? Probably that exact thing. You saying four is bullying and insulting me, so I come back with you with bet me. That's all. And I have chosen to run the other way. Okay, so let me ask you this, Jeff. If the Chargers could sign a quarterback tomorrow that was sixth in deep ball percentage last season on throws 15 yards downfield and a 44.1 completion rate on those and ranked 14th in a minimum of 100 attempts, would you take that guy as your quarterback? Is that Andy Dalton? It's actually Phillip Rivers. With this offensive line, I want Phillip back. It's not fair. That's a stat from my main man, TJ Hernandez, who you can follow on Twitter at TJ Hernandez. Great dude. His Stewie is his avatar. Don't let that throw you off. Real sharp guy. Do you guys have anything else to say or do you just want to fight about each other about bets you're not going to make? No, I think that in the end, I got to hold. Listen, I won't deny when it felt like it's this big, big slong off between me and Tampa Bay today that like, mm-hmm. I was like part of my ego is like, well, I don't want to lose this one-on-one battle. But like, I think it was really good that we didn't sign a quarterback for a 43 year old for, for, for 60 million over two years. That's my closing move. And now let's re-sign the right players and, and build, build, build. All right. Jeff Feinberg, you can follow him on Twitter at G Feinberg 17. Don't be afraid to smash the like button on the way out too. And Paul, I hope you're ready for this. Cause I'd like to say goodbye. What's that? Oh, I was going to go. Yeah, okay, I'll continue to talk. So, yeah, the giveaways for the show, smash the like button, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section on a scale of one to most cowardly rank Tim Andercast. That's one giveaway. There's also a giveaway of who is going to be the Chargers starting quarterback for week one of whenever the next time they play football. So, again, smash the like, DraftKings handle, and put that in the comment section. And like I said, you have to be a crazy person if your name is... Tim Andergast! Tim Andergast. That's not my name. And listen, my final comment would be, sign somebody, please! We have all this money. Please, go get Clowney. <laughs> just pay him. I don't care if he wants $40 million. I don't care anymore. The money's just going to sit there idle anyway. Just go pay the man. We need him. Please. I can't be up till 2 a.m., reloading and reloading and reloading Twitter, looking to see if we've signed him. I can't do this anymore. Just sign him and make it happen. Please. Why don't you just get notifications? I don't know how to do that. And and Rappaport. I don't know how to set that up. (laughs) I just type into the search bar the names of Schefter or Rappaport when I'm looking to see what they're (laughs) That's how I navigate Twitter. But I've been up just like reloading and reloading and refreshing. Because I need the new. Just just sign him. You have the money. We have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Just go get him. What are you talking about? <laughs> win the Super Bowl. We Give your head a shake, pal. I told you, remember back at Christmas time, I had a premonition that we would play the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl and we would have to face the Buccaneers as the first time ever a team gets to host the Super Bowl in their own place and we wouldn't get to play a neutral site Super Bowl. 
I had this premonition. When I think things like this, I'm often right. Take my belt. So, right. Please, please go sign Clowney. He's just there. You, you just said you just said that the Jets are going to the Super Bowl, but you won't bet poor Paul that the Jets will win more games than the Bills. No, I'm terrified. <laughs> I don't know what I think other than I just need you to sign people with that money, please. I need stars. Go get me a star. I think that Jared on Twitter, who had tweeted the day, said it best. He just tweeted at me, and he asked, just got home. Did the Jets sign a new hot dog vendor with upside? (laughs) It turns out they didn't even do that. So I laughed at that, too. That was clever. But, like, please, please, just go sign stars or trade for stars. I hear Brandon Cooks could be on the trade market. Go trade for Brandon Cooks. I'd love that. Just go get me some stars, please. Hold on. What what would be what would you give up? You're the GM. You said you want to be GM of the Jets. What do you give up for Brandon Cooks? Second round pick. Does no, I want a first round pick. You would take a second round pick to get yep. out of that contract in a heartbeat if no, you were the Rams. No, no, not, no. Yes, I want a, I want a first round pick. Next year, 2021 first round. Absolutely not. I want this year's first round pick and next year's second. You get this year's... I'll chuck you a fourth back, too. This is 11th overall we're talking about, though. Then I'm taking Robert Woods, too. What are you talking about? (laughs) Or, uh, you know, give me Josh Reynolds. You want Josh Reynolds and Brandon Cooks for your first and second next year and a fourth. So those two guys, a fourth. No, 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 you're adding things. Just, Just for the first, that's all you get. No. No, I want a second next year, too. No. Then you... Then you know what? You know what? You don't get anyone. So enjoy having Jamison Crowder as your wide receiver one. Stop being mean. I mean, make the deal with me, Tim. You, you're refusing to make deals. You're, you're just like the Jets. Inaction. The only thing you... Grade A plus for inaction. The New York Jets and you, coward. Just go sign someone, please. I need this. I'm stressed. That will do it. It's like the Dolphins are signing everybody and the Bills are signing everybody because they get that the Patriots are, are uh, you know, they're a dead man walking, like the Ottoman Empire, World War One. They're the sick man of Europe. They're done. You know those disgusting stories about, like, your medical department being a joke? Yes. And, like, you, you know. fighting with players over grievances and your coach being, like, a callous POS? Yeah, you guys like, have a maybe culture issue. Like, yeah, maybe that's why when when guys aren't signing there, bud. I can't defend any of that other than I'm saying <laughs> they've got a lot of money and the Bills and Patriots get that it's time to build, you know, to, to, to rearm. And we're just standing there twiddling our thumbs with the best asset in the entire division and not trying to build around. It just, it drives me crazy. We have such an opportunity and it's going to be thrown away. Pac-Man881 in the chat says, too, if you're going to be staying up, you need some Coke energy. Which you all said was gross. Yeah, it was pretty gross. It tastes like rum and Coke, but no rum. No. <laughs> or maybe he just thinks you need to go like buy a brick of cocaine and go snort that. Maybe that's what he's talking about. I don't no, know. No, I just... I just need us to sign Clowney. Once I was told we were the front runners, I, no, I, no one has said the Jets are the front runners. The only thing I have read is that the Giants are the front runners. Now the Giants just spent a bunch of money on defensive players. Not they st- they still have a bunch of money. You don't think that they would take Clowney? You said pay him whatever. Pay any price. I have to have him. Now, when you don't get Clowney, are you going to say 
I didn't want him anyway. No, I do want him. Then there's nobody good. It's like being at a fantasy football auction draft and like you wait and all the good players are gone. Like, oh, I still have all the money. I'll buy deals. Yeah, but everyone's terrible. So it was like that year that Stoilov ended up with like $93 left over for his team. Yeah, for his he had to buy great, yeah, he had to buy Grady Sizemore for 90 bucks because he was his last player. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that will actually do it on the Pat Mayo experience. I enjoyed this live show, guys. I thought it was a lot of fun. A bit more loose than we're used to, and even with Jeff Naughton Studio, good fire back and forth. I like this a lot. This will be available for the audio version up on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, in probably about 10 minutes or so. You can always rewind. I'll be tweeting it out. And if you want to get into a draw for 100 DK dollars, subscribe to said audio podcast. Tell a friend as well. Like I said, we're doing NFL. We're doing movie podcasts. We got Cage Warriors because apparently you can bet on this. Cody Safik knows all about it. Why wouldn't we try to cash in? We cashed in with UFC last weekend. Now there's no UFC. There's like the AHL of UFC. We'll be betting on that. We'll be doing shows on it too. Plus more football on the way. So five-star review after you subscribe. DraftKings handles something you like about the show, and you are in that draw for 100 DraftKings dollars. Hoard that DraftKings dollars now, because eventually sports are going to come back, and you can go on with stuff. Anyway, I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! Experience!